Take your Bibles if you would. Let's open to the book of Proverbs. Tonight we're in chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. All right, it was good to see guests with us this morning in the service. And uh, it's, good to, it's good to know that uh, the Lord's brought folks through and, and uh, we've grown some. We'll continue to grow and we praise the Lord for that. And, uh, you know, when folks come in, we, we want to recognize this time right here, this preaching time, the time of, of God's Word, uh, to be a special time in our service. It's an opportunity for God to work in people's hearts. And you've noticed that I've asked several times, hey, let's be quiet. Let's still during this time and, and try to focus on the Word of God. Let's try to minimize distractions and things of that nature. And, and that's why. I want, be, I want God to be able to deal with the hearts and lives of Folks that are coming through, someone may need to be saved, or they may need uh, the touch of God on their life or help in some matter, and uh, we certainly want them to be able to uh, pay attention to the message and get what God has for them while they're here, and I always uh, love seeing that, love seeing the Lord work that way in our midst, and so uh, you pray with me about that. This will be a place where folks will uh, just feel the presence of the Lord and and uh, where God will have the liberty to do His work in our hearts and our lives. And we'll just rejoice as He does it and we see, as we see those victories one by one. Amen. Proverbs 3, if you found your place, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. And we're going to read a few verses beginning in verse 1. So let's pray together and we'll begin reading in verse 1. Father, how we come again tonight with hungry hearts and again that spirit of anticipation uh, Lord, looking to Your Word, looking for You in the pages of Scripture. And uh, we're seeking wisdom tonight, godly wisdom, and we would ask You, Lord, to give it. We pray You'd guide us as we read the Word of God tonight. We pray You'd bless this time, uh, Lord, in our service to each one of our hearts. We pray You'd, uh, Lord, just teach us and guide us through Your Word tonight. Use it to strengthen and help us, uh, Lord, to teach us and impart to us the wisdom that only comes from you. And we'll thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You notice verse 1, the first two words, as this, song, or as this proverb, this chapter gets started, he starts with these two words, my son. And tonight I want to title this message, Encouragement from a Father. Encouragement from a Father. Thank you, you may be seated. And I want us to look to Proverbs chapter 3 and just see the wisdom that Solomon is wishing for his son. And he's passing on uh, some of the wisdom that he's gained in his life. And he's writing this with his son in mind that he might become wise also. 
Notice in the chapter, we see some opening instructions in the first few verses. He's basically instructing his son to remember these three things. First, keep the commandments of God from your heart. You know, this is not a ritual. It's not just a routine we're talking about. This isn't robotic service that we're trying to train our children to give to the Lord. This is genuine, this is sincere worship and godly living that flows from the heart and uh, that, that, that uh, continues with a real desire. And so it's not mechanical in the way it's performed. And then he says, there are benefits to obedience. There are benefits. You know, often we would ask growing up, we would look at our parents and say, why? And we would hear back that famous answer, because I said so. <laughs> well, that's a good answer. But you know, there, more than that, we all need to know, especially when you are passing this down to our children, they need to know there are benefits to obedience, more than just because I said so. Obviously, there are times we do right because it's the right thing to do. But even then, when we do that, there are benefits. And here, this father is wanting his son to know that. Pay attention. There are benefits to obedience. And then number three, the opening instructions he gives is to keep mercy and truth in your dealings with others. And why? I think the reason he includes this in his message to his son is because, you know, when you're, when you're focusing on trying to do what's right and follow godly wisdom and live out godly principles, as you, as you implement that in your way and in your life, as your life begins to conform to the Word of God, there is, isn't there, a tendency to look over at others and compare. And when they don't measure up to the standards that we have held according to the Word of God, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to, get, to be critical of them, to be condescending. And I believe this father is warning his son against that. Keep mercy and truth in your life, son, as you deal with others. Wise words here that we see will definitely benefit this son to take hold, to embrace these things in his life as he lives. Now, there's some great encouragement from a father here. Classic verses in the scriptures that we're going to see. And then we're going to look at some of the benefits later on. But first, uh, let's see some of the encouragement from this father that I told you about in the beginning. I think it, it starts here in verse 5 with the first message of encouragement uh, that you and I would consider to be a message. Notice what verse 5 says. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. So the first encouragement this father has for his son is to trust in the Lord. You know, this is something that every new believer has to learn how to do. And then all of us who are seasoned believers, we have to get good and better at doing it. Trusting in the Lord. It's interesting that here, Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, he doesn't just say trust in the Lord. Well, that would be good. But he adds something to make it even better. He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Hey, that's the way to do it. That's the way to trust God. Not this halfway stuff, right? But fully trusting the Lord. 
That's how we're to live our Christian lives. That's how we get better. That's how we grow. That's how our faith is strengthened. And that's where we find increase, by trusting God with all of your heart. Um, you know, so here we, we dissect this a little bit. And what is, he, what is he saying in this verse? Well, he's saying, trust God with your heart. Believe in Him, not just what He can do, what He's able to do, what He will do for you. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to be able during, in the midst of life, during difficult days, during storms, during trials and tribulations, during tests, we need to be able to turn our attention to the Lord and put our trust in Him. That's trusting Him with all of your heart. And we have to practice that. Trusting Him with all your heart. Look, trusting Him is not easy. Surely, trusting Him with all your heart is certainly not easy. It's something that it takes us practice. And then, just about the time we think we've gotten good at it, then some trial comes along, some storm, some test, right, to shake us up a bit. You know, it's easy to trust God with all your heart when there's no calamity, when there's nothing wrong, there's no challenge. I, I mean, everything's going good, everything's your way, and the days are bright and blessed, and you feel like you're on the mountaintop. But that's where we practice. And, and where that trust gets tested is when we go down into the valley, when we walk through the storm. You know, you know if we could go back to that Bible story just for an illustration, and we, we could remember Peter when, when he, you remember, he asked the Lord for permission to step out of the boat, and he began to walk on the water. And, and he did. He, hey, he's looking around. He's in amazement, right? He's, man, he's walking on the water. Whoever does that, right? Nobody else asked. The other disciples, they stayed in the boat. Peter got out there. But the Bible says there was a storm going on around them, and the waves were boisterous. And when Peter began to look at the waves instead of the Lord, what happened? He began to sink. As a matter of fact, he didn't have time for a long prayer, Brother Junior. He just said, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached out and caught him. If not, old Peter would have got really wet, right? All the way. He'd went all the way under. <laughs> and, and we understand that. But that little, that little situation that he was in is kind of like a snapshot of what it means to trust the Lord. As long as Peter focused on Jesus, he didn't sink. But when he got his eyes off the Lord, when he began to focus on the storm, the waves, the distractions of life, that's when his faith began to falter and that's when he began to sink. And, and look, the, 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 the application of that truth, the practical application for us, is we learn to trust the Lord and, and we, we practice doing that, but when all is well, we're not tested. But it's when the waves of life toss us. That's when we have to apply this. That's when we have to uh, practice to really know that we've learned this. You know, it's kind of like in sports. You go through drills in practice until you carry them out well. And you think you're good until you get in the game and you have real opponents trying to stop you from, doing, from carrying out this play that you've learned. And then you find on the field, in, in the real game, you find that it's a lot harder than it was in practice. You're not as good at it as you, you don't have it down as well as you thought you did. And maybe the ball gets fumbled. Maybe the pass is incomplete, you know, and things like that. Why? Because, because it's a lot harder in real life. 
so is our faith. Sometimes it's harder to trust God when things are difficult and when there's trials and, and tests and troubles around us. So we have to learn to trust God with all of our heart, with everything we have, to believe in Him, to get us through that, whatever it, it is. And the way to do that, another way to do that is, um, or to live it out actually, is to acknowledge Him with our ways, not just our words. You know, he said in, in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In verse 6, he says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him. And you know, we say we're doing that. Well, I'm doing that. But a lot of times, it's not our ways that acknowledge Him as much as it's our words that acknowledge Him. You know, it's one thing to talk about the Lord. It's one thing to say that we, we trust Him. It's one thing to say we love Him and say we're following Him. But it's quite another to do it to live it out, to be faithful. And, and so that's where the challenge is. If we're going to trust the Lord, it involves our heart really believing that God is able, but then it also involves our life really living according to our faith, right? Acting as if this is real because it is. And so he's talking about trusting God with everything you have in verse 5. So this is what every parent, every Christian parent, would like their children to do. Trust God with all your heart and cling to Him in the tough times of life so that you can get through whatever, whatever God has allowed to come your way. And uh, you can make it through that and be faithful. Then in verse 7, he gives another message of encouragement. In verse 7, he says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So first he says, trust in the Lord. Here in verse 7 now, he says, fear the Lord. Well, in Proverbs, in this book, we are learning that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is where it all begins when we learn to fear the Lord or to have a, to have a reverential fear of God. It's the way a child fears his father. You know how kids will act up and, and uh, they'll just kind of play around and goof off and mouth off. And finally, mom will say, I'm going to tell your, I'm going to tell your daddy when he gets home. Whew, boy, I'm telling you, it all gets quiet about then. Why? Because dad's going to, hey, dad's going to take care of business when he gets home. And they know that. And, and so uh, guess what? Pulling that out is important. There's a reverential fear there. What is it? It's the fear of authority. It's the fear of a father, right? This is a healthy, normal type fear. Just like it's good to fear, to have a little bit of fear of heights, you, you, you want to fear falling enough that you don't get too close to the edge. You, you want to fear something like fire enough that you don't get burned, right? You feel that warmth, all of a sudden it makes you want to pull back a little bit, right? And, and you want to fear authority enough that you don't, you don't push your behavior too far to where there's negative consequences, right? Hey, a, a good, healthy fear of authority is good. It, you know what? America would do well to, to adopt some more of that. Amen? This younger generation certainly needs a little more, uh, another dose, if you will, uh, of some of that. Hey, we, you know, wasn't long ago we were watching riots in the streets in other parts of the country. And uh, I know when you saw that, you were thinking the same thing. Right? Why would they, man, to behave like that, who would have thought we would ever see that in America? When that reverential fear of authority is removed, 
Chaos is always the result. Negative consequences, right? A life that will suffer uh, because of that. So what is the fear of the Lord? It's a reverential fear. But also, guess what? It's this. It's a higher esteem for God than for self. You know why a lot of people don't fear God? Because they are God in their life. You know, secular humanists say it like this, they are the center of their universe. Oh, really? I love, have, I, I love hearing Kent Hovind explain that and uh, debate some of those people, uh, how he used to do that, and he would talk about, you know, he, they would say that line to him, and he would say, oh, okay, well, guess what? I'm the center of my universe. And uh, since I get to make the rules, you get to make the rules, you're, you're God, you're... You put yourself in the place of God. He said, okay, so I'm the center of my universe, and I decide that there's no more room for you in the universe. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, you can't do that. So why not? You know, if you're God, you get to make the decisions, right? You just, hey, that's what you decide, survival of the fittest. Isn't that what they call it? It reminds us of this. When we take God out of the picture, we're just reduced to opinions, Right? And when all we have is your opinion and my opinion, there's no real authority, then the, re the result is always chaos and confusion. There's always problems. And that's why here the Father says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. You know, the Bible has something to say about those times in Israel's history when, when everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. You know, when we become self-centered and we become selfish, we can always justify our actions. We, we can always justify what we want to happen and to occur. We can always make sense of it, even if it's not right. That's why we need God. That's why He needs to be the center of our universe and not us. That's why we need to let God and His Word determine what's right and wrong and, and, and not our thoughts. And that's why here this father says, be not wise in thine own eyes. You, you've probably met people like that, and they think they're the smartest person in the room. Now, depending on who else is in the room, there's an occasion where that might be the case. But if you go around always thinking that about yourself, you've you got a problem. And that's here what this father's talking about. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And then he says in verse 9, the third message of encouragement. This is a father encouraging his son to trust God. And by the way, when we raise our children, you know, we, we all realize there's a time they're going to leave home. They're going to enter into this life. They're gonna, hey, they're going to do it on their own. It's, go, it's time for them to fly. You know what? They, they need to learn to trust God. They're going to have to know who can help them when mom and dad aren't there anymore. It's going to be the Lord. And then he says to fear the Lord. Boy, that's good advice. It'll keep them walking, walking straight. And then in verse 9, he says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. I like this encouragement because it comes with a promise. Look at verse 10. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So here the message is honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. You know how children learn to honor the Lord? By watching their parents honor the Lord. And we need to honor God 
not just by what the words that we say, but the way we live, the actions that we take, the decisions and the choices that we make. They should honor the Lord. We need to honor God in the way we do things. So notice what he's saying here. He's saying, honor the Lord with your substance. Honor the Lord with your stuff. Honor the Lord with what you have. Think about that. That means your house. Right? That means your influence. Honor the Lord with that. Your abilities, your talents, your treasures, your income. Honor the Lord with that. Honor the Lord with your friendships. Honor the Lord with your schedule. And there's a lot of ways. He's just talking about what you have, your substance, the stuff that God has given you in this life. Honor God with that stuff. And then he says, and the first fruits of all thine increase. So first we look at the word substance and we see that he's talking about the things that God has entrusted into us. We're to honor God with those things. Then he talks about increase. If we honor God with the substance we have, there will be increase. What is that? Substance is what you have. Increase is what you are going to have. Increase. Honor God with that. When you have gain, honor God with that. And then he uses the word first fruits. Notice in this verse, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So what is first fruits? It's the first of the first. Right? So, for example, in, in the Old Testament, they talked about tithing. And it was implemented uh, in the ceremonial law with Israel, but it was practiced before that. It was voluntarily practiced by Abraham and those that lived before the law. And then during, during the, the period of what we would call the law and the commandments, uh, tithing was instituted. It was, it was the first fruits. They would say the first 10%. But it wasn't just the, it was the, it was the first of the first fruits, right? And then after that, of course, we're in New Testament times. And, uh, even Jesus told the Pharisees, you know, this, the weightier matters of the law, he said, ought you to have done and not to have left the other, he was talking about tithing, undone. Jesus was just simply saying, that's a good practice. And it's one that we ought to all consider. Here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, that's the message. Honor God with your substance and with the first fruits. The first part of your increase goes to God. That's what he's saying. Um, so it's a great practice. This is, what, this is how we honor the Lord. And we want to make sure that we do. You know, as a Christian, it'd be a shameful thing to know that I'm dishonoring the Lord, wouldn't it? If you knew that you were bringing dishonor, that you were, that you were not honoring God, wouldn't that trouble you? Here in this text, we find some instructions on how to do this and how to do it right. This is how to honor God. But I like that it also comes with blessings. So here's a father encouraging his son, trust in the Lord, fear the Lord, honor the Lord. Hey, this is good advice for going out on your own. This is good advice for how to live the Christian life. This is good advice 
on how to make it in the world with God's favor. And there are many blessings that come by following this advice. Notice, just looking down through the rest of the chapter, look at verse 13. He says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. So here, Solomon is saying you're better off with wisdom than you are with money. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. He's talking about wisdom. Notice that he mentions understanding. Uh, Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding all go together. They connect to each other like pieces of a puzzle. Verse 16, look what he says. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. You know, when you live for God, there's just some things that that money can't buy, like contentment, happiness, and peace. Um, I guess I should say joy, not happiness. We, you know, you know the difference. Joy is sustainable, but happiness goes up and down with the happenings around you, right? We're happy when things are going well, and when things are not well, we're not happy. Isn't it interesting, though, how we can have peace in turbulent times? We can have joy in the midst of difficulty because Christ sustains those things in our life. These are the blessings of those that have the Lord and that find His wisdom. And this is exactly what He's talking about in these verses. Verse 18, She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding, He hath established the heavens. By His knowledge, the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. These are great verses here. And and these are the kind of things that go along. We're calling them the blessings of wisdom. And so notice how he encourages his son. He says, look, uh, you're going to walk in your way safely. Verse 23, thy foot shall not stumble. Isn't it amazing that people that don't live for the Lord and and people that don't apply wisdom to their life, uh, often they find themselves hitting the wall and and stumbling and and dealing with difficulties. And and, and and look, I've heard people shake their head and say, why me? And sometimes you just look and think, The decision you made yesterday caused this problem today. Right? Why? It's not why me. It's oh me. Why did you do that? Because sometimes we cause those very things, and it comes from a lack of wisdom. And that's why, uh, that's why wisdom cries and says, Oh, ye simple ones, how long will you love simplicity? 
You know, we can't love being in a state of ignorance. We can't love being without knowledge. And of course, that's what the prophet said. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And sometimes what we don't know can hurt us. We just need to get in the Word, especially this Word. The book of Proverbs is so good. I hope you'll take up the challenge sometime this year to read it through and uh, read a chapter correlating with the date of the month and and, uh, read it through again and again and you'll find there are just great gems of truth and good godly wisdom found in the pages of Proverbs. Here tonight we find encouragement from a father who's encouraging his son to walk with God, trust him with all your heart. God will never let you down. Fear the Lord. Right? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't, don't, don't think you know it all. And then honor the Lord. Honor Him not only with your lips, but with your life. And God will bless you. What a great truth. What good words of encouragement. Hey, every son or daughter could appreciate that and, and, and benefit from a life of obedience to the Lord, carrying out His wisdom. Let's bow for prayer. Father, how we thank you so much, Lord, for the message of Proverbs. Lord, this chapter uniquely uh, just kind of appeals to our desire for wisdom and showing us there's great reward in following you. Lord, I know your word says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. It's just good to follow Jesus. And Lord, tonight, we just ask you to help us to do that. Help us to live what we've learned, to use it in our lives. Help us to be wise. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.